the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. The Law Offices of Selwyn Whitehead is a debt relief agency under federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking debt relief under the United States Bankruptcy Code. This is Selwyn's Law. Every week at this time, we get to hear from Selwyn Whitehead. She's not just an attorney at law. Selwyn knows her stuff and doesn't shy away from the truth, even when it's ugly. Her Bay Area practice focuses on helping her clients to manage their wealth through estate and tax planning, to managing their debt through reconstruction or bankruptcy. And now, it's time for Selwyn's Law. Good day and welcome once again to Selwyn's Law. My name is Selwyn Whitehead. I'm a California Bar Admitted Attorney, and I'm also a Bankruptcy Law Certified Specialist who's been certified by the State Bar of California's Board of Legal Specialization. In addition to my JD, I hold a couple of master's degrees in law. That is to say, I am both a master of the laws of taxation and a master of the laws of intellectual property. Now, because of my education, my training, my life's experiences and my life's observation, as well as my lifelong interest in business and money and finance and the creation, preservation and transfer of wealth within families, communities, And the roles that these particular aspects of economics play in the lives of everyday people like you and me, I primarily practice bankruptcy law. However, I also practice some related fields, including debt wealth management, estates and trusts, real estate, and of course, taxation law. Now, with these areas of law as my reference points, as they relate to the personal, familiar, and community, as well as small business finance, I've spent the greater part of the last 40 years, both before and after getting my license to practice law, fighting for the empowerment, that is to say, the economic empowerment of and independence and autonomy of women, people of color, and communities of color, including indigenous communities. And because I grew up as a military brat and also helped create one with my former spouse, I know firsthand how hard it can be economically for our citizens, soldiers, sailors, airmen and women and Marines and their families in our sometimes less than patriotic capitalistic based economic systems, especially after they separate from the service. I, As such, I also proudly serve veterans of all stripes and in all branches of the military. And as I've shared with you before, if the situation presents itself, I am sometimes at least able to attempt to vindicate the rights of seniors as we find themselves and ourselves the targets and unfortunately more and more the victims of some of the most pernicious forms of financial elder abuse led by sometimes social media and where everyone puts their information up on the these platforms, as such, more and more of us are becoming victims of financial elder abuse. I am coming to you again today to discuss some of the financial and legal issues confronting individuals, families, and small business owners. However, I must once again ask you to please note that this show does not provide any legal advice, nor am I developing an attorney-client relationship with anyone within the sound of my voice. Instead, this show strives strictly to serve as an educational forum for the exchange of information that might be helpful to you as you begin your search for more detailed information that is tailored to your specific set of facts 
and circumstances, and hopefully to provide you with at least an overall outline of some of the key issues that may help you seek out and find the qualified professional help I believe you need if you're having a legal issue that intersects with your finances and or your other assets. So, notwithstanding the fact that our very form of government is at an inflection point and may in the next few years we might fall into the void of other failed forms of collective government that create laws by and for the people it serves and not just for the few who have the power to maintain power just for themselves at all costs. Because I'm a person of faith as well as a realist, I still hope and pray that I am wrong and that our current form of American government will survive. As such, for the next few weeks, I'm going to keep moving forward and I will provide you all with an overview of the new batch of state and federal laws that took effect on January 1, 2022 that have an impact on us as individuals, families, and small business owners. To make the subject matter a little more easy to digest, I'm going to break the laws down by their subject matter areas and also by the applicable jurisdictions, including one, new bankruptcy laws, or better said, the expiration of blank bankruptcy laws that impacted bankruptcy during COVID-19. Two, new consumer protection laws with an emphasis on laws impacting our relationship with the financial services industry. Area three, um, new tax laws that took effect for tax years beginning December 31, 2021, that is to say this year. Uh, uh, another area for new laws impacting wills, trusts, estates, and the like under the California Probate Code. And also just general laws that are of interest and import to us all. And I'm going to start us off by discussing today some new real estate laws in California that took effect on January 1, 2022. Now, my source material today for this discussion is the First Tuesday Journal. Now, just to level set, the First Tuesday Journal, which is located and can be found at journal period first Tuesday period U.S., it claims that since 1973, it uh, has provided quality, data-driven news and analysis for California real estate professionals, and further states that the meaning of the name First Tuesday is, and I quote, though based in California, First Tuesday is a reference to Texas foreclosure laws. Historically, foreclosure sales took place the second Tuesday of each month in Texas. The first Tuesday journal was established as a resource to be used before wrangling with lenders on the second Tuesday of the month. It goes on to say, Our students and readers are the backbone of our magazine, not politicians, trade unions, or big companies, end quote. Now, how I came have access to this publication was because at one time in the early 2000s, I held both, I was what is known as dual license. That is to say, 
I was licensed both as a lawyer and as a real estate broker. And that was uh, until there was a substantial increase in lawsuits bought by real property owners against the real estate brokers that were involved in the sale of real property. As such, my legal malpractice carrier knocked on my door one day and sat me down so we could have a heart-to-heart discussion about the fact that they were going to cut me loose unless I got out of the brokerage business. And having an insurance underwriting background of my own, I understood my carrier's position. So I let my broker's license lap and focused 100% on being a lawyer. However, as with most temporary setbacks in life, this one forced me to seek out and find qualified real estate brokers to work with while maintaining my relationship with First Tuesday to maintain my real estate knowledge. As... In addition to providing real estate news, it also offers training courses and that I and other realtors had and continue to use to maintain our competence in the industry. As such, and based on the quality of its publications uh, that I uh, uh, have received, and they send it to me free of charge, I feel comfortable using it as a fact based, no-nonsense publication whose content I believe to be truthful and worthy of your consideration. So back to the new California real estate laws. As published in First Tuesday's journal, uh, dated December 27, 2021, and as reported by Madison Hart and published in that journal on that date, new California laws to further loot loosen ADU restrictions. An ADU is an accessory dwelling unit, uh, also known by some as granny units. And it is a legal and regulatory term for a secondary house or apartment that shares the building or the lot of a larger primary house. Now, ADUs often uh, used to provide additional income through rent or uh, to house a family member. For example, an elderly parent could live in a small unit and avoid having to move into an assisted living facility. Now, normally the units cannot be bought or sold separately from the primary uh, piece of uh, real property or the improvement on the property. But AB 345 which requires each local agency to allow an accessory dwelling unit to be sold or conveyed separately from the fi- uh, from the primary unit goes hand in hand with AB 1585. As such, because in California and other places, ADUs have become an integral tool in tackling California's housing shortage, ADUs cost less to build, offer homeowners a stable source of income, and allow inventory to grow in an already established neighborhood. However, a homeowner who wants to build an ADU often has to face numerous hurdles, including outdated zoning and costly permitting fees. As the popularity of ADUs continue to rise in California, California legislators are confronted how to deal with these obstacles and seek to smooth out the path because it's a way to increase the housing stock. To overcome these hurdles, Assembly Bill 1584 is the latest effort to reduce 
the ADU restrictions. This new law makes any covenant or restriction that effectively prohibits the construction or use of ADUs void and unenforceable as a matter of law. However, restrictions that do not unreasonably increase the cost of construction are still permitted. For example, before permitting an ADU to be constructed, a common interest development may require that uh, there be sufficient water and sewage available to supply the ADU as well as the primary uh, residence. However, they may not require that a minimum lot size be allowed. So according to the author, Ms. Hart, loosening uh, the zoning laws is the primary focus of these laws. So when we come back, I'll continue today's discussion of some of the new California real estate laws that took effect on January 1, 2022. But first, we're going to take a short break and I'll see you on the other side. Now back to Selwyn's Law. Once again, your host, Selwyn Whitehead. Welcome back to Selwyn's Law as we continue today's discussion of some of the new California real estate laws that took effect on January 1, 2022. Now, before the break, I discussed AB 1584, which loosens some of the restrictions in local ordinances and common interest developments, uh, covenants, basically, that historically tended to slow down or in some instances built very high barriers for the building of additional housing in suburban communities. As a practical application of the need for this change in the law, sometimes folks facing and are already in bankruptcy need additional income sources to fund their bankruptcy exit plans. As such, being able to uh, properly or um, you know in a in a cost effective way to legally convert your say your garage or build a relatively inexpensive ancillary unit on your own land may be what is needed to show a bankruptcy court that you can catch up on your mortgage arrears and keep your home as well as providing housing to someone who uh, needs a place to live to raise his or her family now, here are some of the other laws that were passed in 2021 that are taking effect this year, as articulated again in the first Tuesday journal by its editorial staff and was posted in the journal, uh, that is to say, journal.firsttuesday.us on January 3rd, 2022. Okay, uh, the editorial board summarizes the need for these laws as following. California's Senate and Assembly members have a wide range of legislative agendas that impact First Tuesday's readers. In 2021, these included the state's housing shortage, the homelessness crisis, the backlog of rental debt accrued during the pandemic, and inequalities in real estate. Dozens of new laws were passed in response to these issues, and some of the most impactful are examined here, and I'm going to share some of them with you now. New real estate and appraiser education requirements. Um, Senate Bill 263 requires that real estate licensees and licensed applicants to complete implicit bias training as part of their initial uh, training and their 45-hour renewal courses. These new requirements 
uh, go into effect, not this year, but next. But you have to start taking the training this year. And you say, well, what's up with that? Um, because there's also um, a requirement that real estate appraisers have this training. Well, those of you who pay attention to the news know that there's, it's been widely reported that if a black or brown person um, wants to sell their property and you must get the property appraised uh, for someone to buy the property in order for them, for, for them to take out a loan, it appears that sometimes if an appraiser knows that a black or brown person uh, lived in the home, the appraised value would be tens of thousands, if not hundreds of thousands less. And in fact, there was a, a woman, a black woman, who borrowed her best friend's white husband uh, after the first appraisal came in so low, she borrowed uh, her, like I said, her best friend's white husband. It removed all pictures or anything that would make it appear that a black or brown person lived in the home and the appraised value went up $100,000. So California's antidote to that is to train uh, in implicit bias for both uh, licensees as well as appraisers. Uh, also ad addressing um, inequalities in housing along with the new anti-bias requirements for real estate licensees and appraisers, the California legislature is cracking down on real estate inequalities in other ways. For example, AB 491 requires a mixed income residential building constructed beginning this year, January 1, 2022, maintain a common area and interest accessible by all types of units, incorporating all units rather than separating and isolating the low income units by giving them a separate door <laughs> to the building. Oh my gosh, this reminds me of some of the stuff that went on down south when I was a little girl, separate water fountains and bathroom facilities. So, okay, well, good for you, California legislature. And um, so let's, um, let's continue on our um, survey of some of the new laws. I've already talked about uh, the zoning laws, and so I'll skip over that. But let's look at laws addressing COVID-19 rental debt. SB 91 used federal funds to cover 80% of the back rent accumulated by low-income tenants from April 1, 2020 through March 31, 2021. In return, the landlord is required to forgive the remaining 20%. Now, I talked about the fact that um, Governor Newsom had negotiated with the Treasury to use the money some of the federal money from the COVID release fund to pick up the 80%, uh, pick up to $80,000 worth of back um, uh, rent and, um, and mortgage payments. This is what the California's uh, law is going to do as far as the rental part of it is required that if the landlord accepts this 80% funding, they'll uh, have to forgive the remaining 20%. So AB 832 enacted the Rental Housing Recovery Act, which built on previous legislations to keep tenants housed during the recovery uh, from the 2020 recession and the COVID-19 pandemic. 
This act extended a temporary moratorium on the eviction of residential tenants for the non-payment of their, their rent that became delinquent between March of 2020 and September 30 of 2021 due to the COVID-related financial crisis. Further, landlords may sue their tenants for unpaid rent, which becomes due between March 1, 2020 and September uh, 30, 2021 in small claims court starting March 1, 2022. Prior to March 1, courts will only hear eviction cases due to non-payment of rent when the landlord has attempted to obtain rental assistance from this pool of rental funds that California has set aside. So, your first, if, if your tenant hasn't paid you, you first have to go and apply and see if the state will cover your tenant's missed rent before you can go into state court and attempt to have the tenant uh, evicted. Also, there's laws that plan to fight the homelessness crisis in California. Uh, that is to say, they have set aside funds or the uh, the legislature to immediately house 65,000 people, um, set in place programs to deal with the long-term effects of the 300,000 or so people who don't have the ability to provide housing for themselves and their families. While these plans are critical to address the immediate homelessness crisis, a longer-term fix will be found in providing enough housing to accommodate low- to moderate-income renters and home buyers. Okay, so that's why some of the recently enacted bills, such as AB 1482 and AB 978, have been uh, implemented by the legislature. And they basically cap the annual rent increases at 5% plus the rate of inflation for much of California's multi-unit residential properties and mobile homes. And the bill also requires just cause to evict a tenant in place for 12 months or more. So let me explain this to you. Just cause means that there is a reason for having the tenant uh, removed from the property, such as there's drugs or, or some kind of criminal activity going on in the place. Um, the tenant is otherwise a nuisance to the other, um, uh, to her, his or her neighbors. If the reason for uh, wanting to evict the tenant is because of non-payment of rent. There has to be a joinder, that is to say, of some kind of just cause reason as well as a non-payment of rent if the tenant is deemed to be a long-term tenant. And here that term long-term means they have been in the place for 12 months or, or, or more. And I take that to mean they've been there 12 months or more in good standing as, and, and maybe they had financial problems uh, that caused them to not be able to pay their rent, but they otherwise were not a nuisance or engaging in um, activity that was antithetical to um, their uh, neighbors and the landlord. So um, th these are some ways to kind of, well, not kind of, to protect the leasehold of tenants who had nothing but uh, financial problems. But again, um, that's through March 1st. Then uh, beginning in March 1st, um, they're 
people, um, landlords can resort to the uh, eviction um, uh, courts that are part of the um, the basic superior court system here in um, in California. So when we get together next time, we're going to continue our discussion of some of the new laws that have taken effect in California uh, beginning this year. But for now, we're going to leave it there. Um, but as always in closing, I like to say here at Salem's Law, we want to always try to stay on the right side of the law, including laws that help us and our brothers and sisters in Christ, whether they are Christians or not, have access to affordable and available housing while also protecting their landlords and their landlords' investments in the real property that make the housing available in the first instance. But in the meantime, inasmuch as it appears that some or all of the variants of COVID-19 will be with us for the foreseeable future, I once again ask you to please get vaccinated and boosted. And even if you have all your shots, but especially if you don't, please take the necessary precautions to protect not only yourselves and your families, but those who you come to contact with at the grocery store or wherever by keeping your social distance, masking up, and washing your hands. Till next time, take care. Bye for now. Thank you for taking the time to listen to Selwyn's Law. Remember, the law office of Selwyn Whitehead is a designated debt relief agency under the federal law and provides legal assistance to consumers seeking relief under the bankruptcy code. When it comes to your finances and your rights, seek no other than the law office of Selwyn Whitehead. Selwyn is your go-to finance attorney, specializing in estate planning, wealth management, bankruptcy, tax, and real estate law. In other words, Selwyn knows her way around the dollar, and your rights are protected by our laws. Protect your money. Know your rights. Partner with Selwyn Whitehead. For immediate assistance, or if you have questions, call 510-633-1276, 510-633-1276, or go to SelwynWhitehead.com. The preceding paid program is sponsored by the law office of Selwyn Whitehead, who is solely responsible for its content. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.